Hey, Mike. Hey, Michelle. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Good. How'd you like 407? Who needs a guy? Hmm. I did not like 407. Who needs a guy? How'd you like it? You? Why didn't you like it? Um... I'm sure that I'm projecting something onto this episode. I really feel like I am, and I can't really figure out what. And I've, when I first watched it, I was just kind of stunned. And then the next day, Sunday, yesterday, I was so mad. I was like literally angry about it. I cried after I wasn't watching it like three different times. And then, of course, I've slept again. And so now I'm just so like... You, the next day, without even watching it again, you just broke down and cried three separate three times? Three separate times. Well, I mean, I was talking about it. I was telling uh, my daughter Jillian about it. And then I was talking about it with Mike when we watched it. And one other time I was just thinking about it. And I don't know. I mean, I could literally cry sitting here right now. And like I said, I'm sure it's something... Triggered. I've got a cousin who's in the hospital who's really, really, really sick, and and you know, so there's that. And but other than that, I just I'm I'm just I'm disappointed and I'm angry. I really am. I don't like this at all. All right. <laughs> what did you think? Next week is 408. Goodwill. I could really seriously, seriously just skip it because, I mean, I'm going to try not to be negative Nancy on the whole thing because the whole thing wasn't bad, but I have so much negativity toward what happened to Gordon that I can't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to properly express it, honestly. And I know that sounds like I'm being a drama queen and I promise I don't mean to be, but you always mean to be. <laughs> I think I've got my reasons. So we'll see if you agree. What did you think? I liked it. I thought it was graceful and powerful and expected. Like, I, you know, I, I kept saying Gordon's doomed last season. I know, but you want to kill everybody off. <clears throat> no, you know? but it's expected. It, it was. It had to happen. It was not expected. And it did not have to happen. I did not expect that. He was good. He was better. He was I think never I better, though, Michelle. We've talked about this. He had, he had problems driving. He, got, it, he had a degenerative disease. It was getting worse. Even yeah, if Mike, super, on the surface it looked okay, but he, a brain disease doesn't just get better. I, well, right, right. Normally that doesn't happen, but there's, there's a... Typically, one would think there would be more of a degeneration process where he's more disabled than running around fixing stuff all day long and talking so coherently. Maybe he just had a stroke. Uh, we, we don't know what he really finished him off. No, no, you're, you're right, and that could certainly be it, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel really raw. I keep trying to process this and I'm having like all of these conflicting emotions too, because part of it was so beautiful. Like when he saw beautiful. Donna and the girl, no, it was not all beautiful. All right, Michelle, not you asked me. me what I think and you hijacked it again <laughs> back to your, 
I'm sorry. You're right. So uh, I liked it. I thought it was kind of coming. I like some of the themes in it. I like the telephone game of how they told each other news. <clears throat> how they exchanged news was interesting to me, very subtly. Um, some people in the Reddits of the world didn't like that everybody had to find out. Like, it was very thorough how everybody in the show found out. But I liked it. I liked I liked their news exchange system, their, their interplay between characters, their network. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see anything wrong with that either. I agree with that. I also like the theme of fathers, like Boz for Cameron and Joe for Haley. I like that theme kind of standing up and coming, becoming clear again. So I don't know. I liked it. Um, it's kind of a part of this process. You know, the show's closing down and things are coming to a close. And that this was one of the storylines that had to resolve itself. Well, it was funny because I watch it on Saturday night. I sit up late and I watch it and I take notes on it. And then Mike and I, this has been our routine. We watch it again on Sunday, whatever Mike, time the Sunday. the other podcaster. Right. The other, the other, my, my husband, Mike, and I watch it together on Sunday. Which one do you prefer podcasting with, Michelle? Mike the <laughs> podcaster or Mike the husband <laughs> podcaster? Um, and no, as don't I answer saying, that. Yeah, don't worry. And um, <laughs> as I was saying, we watch it together on Sunday. So before we turned it on on Sunday, Mike, my, my husband said, they're probably going to start killing people off. Now, he hadn't seen anything. And um, I said, what would make you say something like that? Because I can't stand it when people spoil stuff for me. So I really did not spoil it for him. And so then it, it happened. And even he, who is certainly not as emotional a being as I am, he he was like, why? Why? And I've got a lot of those same questions. So um, anyway, I felt validated with that anyway. Well, the but, why, <clears throat> technically, the why is because they introduced it as part of the storyline several seasons ago. And that then this is its string playing out and its conclusion. Why did they decide to give Gordon this illness and death? Who knows? But it brought some other things to the surface that are important. Joe communicating with Haley. Maybe what the writers want to f impart upon us, dealing with grief and death. I mean, who knows why? But it... It was, it was made part of the story a long time ago, so now this is part of its its ending. Well, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I just told you I liked it. It's part of it. Well, I was going to ask another question. I'm not sure how you feel about this, but Gordon was my favorite character. He was the not no, that's not true. But he was the most likable character, I think, particularly in the last season or two. And you can still like him. Of Gordon will live I mean. on in other ways. And, and in fact, he's not even done. I think he's in the next ons they show. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the, the description for 408 to Gordon and Donna have a fight. So I don't think we've seen the last of Scoot McNary. That's not the point. The point is. I really love good TV, and I'm not saying that this was not well-written, and I'm not saying that it wasn't a great storyline, but I don't appreciate my emotions, I guess, being raked over the coals 
in this way. I don't, I don't like it. I, oh God. No, I'm serious, Mike. I mean, I don't, I don't like this. I didn't watch four years of this TV show to have them, you know, especially at the end, you know, I mean, if he had died in the middle of it or something, and then they had went on with that, I could certainly have, you know, gotten around that. What I think is probably going to happen is I think it's a cheap shot. Honestly, I think it's a cheap emotional shot on us to kill him off the last, you know, three episodes of the whole series, and then that's what's going to be all wrapped up in it. It's going to be all the um, Gordon Sadness show. You I don't said think so. Something. I think these guys are better. Way, I heard somebody else say that, that now we've created this eulogy trio of episodes that's going to be Gordon's eulogy. I don't think so. I think they're going to... I think they're going to stick this ending really well, and I, I think they needed to do this with Gordon now, and not at the very end, and go and everybody have their mouth hanging open. I don't know. You didn't like it. I liked it. Let's get into the episode. Okay. Um, Cameron's at the trailer. She gets a request to see Boz. She doesn't know why. He's pretty insistent. She's reluctant. Doesn't want to leave. And it's to go to uh, see his marriage, Michelle. We don't know that quite yet, but she shows up. <laughs> not really quite prepared for it. Uh, come on. I mean, shouldn't he have at least told her to dress? I mean, I know he didn't care, but wouldn't you care if you were like doing lawn work or something and somebody called and said, Hey, I need you to meet me. And you're like, okay. I might've and- been, I might've been even a little more concerned than Cameron was just by the nature of the call. Come meet me at this office. It's important. Thanks. I knew you'd understand. Hmm, he's not telling me for a reason. Must be must be important. Uh, you know, I might have showed up just with more than the T-shirt and the grass-stained jeans. Right. But that's Cameron. It is. All right, at the Clark household, Haley shows up with her new haircut. Uh, Gordon needs to see her grade physically. He needs to see the paper with the grade written on it. She just says, you don't believe me? Um, and Joni's in there with her smart acidness. I think that's fair of Gordon. I think if you have a kid that's failing out of school and she hasn't told you that, then when she comes back, particularly since Gordon asked to see it when he thought she wanted to come back to work, um, I think that's completely a fair parent thing. It's like, okay, you know, you didn't tell me this, so now you're going to have to reprove yourself to me. So it's either coming up or here. Is this the scene where Joni says, fine, I don't even want to come back. You tell me not to work there if it's not fun. Yeah, that was this scene. So that was kind of kind of dramatic. Uh, Next, it's Bosworth's wedding. It's town hall. And uh, do you call that a wedding when they're doing it at the town hall? Sure. Mm -hmm. He uh, sees she's Cameron's there, sees um, Diane with her daughter. And Bosworth comes up and says, well, Diane is her daughter. I thought I'd bring you. Like my, he doesn't say the words literally, but that's the implication. He did, yeah. But he said it, and I loved, I loved the fact that he said it, and I love the fact that she accepted it. Because every time I think about that, I think about that scene where they were sitting outside her family home when they went there to get the motorcycle that she wouldn't get out of the car and get because she was so dramatic, and. 
she was telling him, you're not my father. And she was really ugly to him and it really hurt his feelings. And so I loved how they wrapped that back up. I loved that. Yeah. She needs him to be her father and he needs her to be his daughter. Right. So, uh, pretty good. Pretty good connection there. Uh, next scene, Joe watches video of how people use the Internet on his digicam. And Cameron comes in and stocks up on toilet paper. Joe's at his house and Cameron's back visiting the house. But first, don't forget where Trip comes in and he's talking to Donna about Rover. That happened right before that scene. And yeah, well, I just, you know, since since it comes up later, what's going on with Trip there? I didn't get that scene. Maybe that's why I didn't even make a note of it. Why? Who cares? (laughs) Who cares about Trip's involvement with Rover? They can't make him any more important in coming in for three episode landing. I don't want to see any more of Trip. He's a douche. Well, <laughs> Donna's clearly somehow on her way. Although they make it seem like she's getting promoted, I don't see her working with Rover very much. I see this conflict resolving and not becoming more intense. And if she goes more into Rover, it seems like it it enhances the conflict and makes the split greater. Well, yeah, and particularly considering what we know about Gordon, for Donna to then maybe move into Gordon's position in that company would feel kind of full circle. But I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what they think about it. Maybe. But I don't know about Tripp and Rover. I don't, I don't really care because that's not even an interesting part of the story. Tripp- no, but it's interesting how he's interested in her. He asked her about vacation time. He says he throws in that little quip, take care of yourself because nobody else is going to do it. Yeah, where are you going? And more importantly, who are you going with? Yeah, he's, right. on, he's kind of hitting on her. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it, but who cares? Or nothing can can come of that. and <laughs> Better not come of that would make me mad. That would put me in tears, Michelle. But wouldn't it be? Trip getting right. connected to Donna. But wouldn't it be funny if she were working with Comet and he were working with Rover, and they were a thing. Maybe. Not if they're a thing, like a relationship thing? Yeah, a thing, no. because then it would, like, replace Gordon working with Comet and her working with no, Rover. No, don't make them a thing. I could see them being opponents. I don't know. Not a th- not, no romance, please. Uh, okay, so I, I skipped over that. So Joe's watching the video of the people using the internet. Cameron gets the toilet paper, and she tells then him then tells him about Bosworth's wedding. So their their telephone game, a little hint yeah, of it and, starting there, right? And it was really cool because she's excited, enthusiastic about the wedding, and Joe is just turned into like this big lovable sap, right? I mean. I like Joe, really, really like him and who he's evolved, I guess, into. And I just really like that interaction. She's, you know, all gushy and everything about it, and he loves that. And I thought it was pretty touching. Next scene, Jordan, uh, Gordon sees Joni's stuff, and we and we go through the room like a great – he sees the grade and the room deco, the chess, her her just being a teenager, how her room's set up, her hair in the wastebasket, uh, the rocket is in the background. Um, and then, Michelle, on second watch, I notice that Gordon stops at the end of the scene and sits on the bed and pauses and just thinks. And I didn't notice this the first time, but it's pretty clear here that he's reflecting on Haley's life and how – how you know just what her life is and how possibly she affected his life 
That little scene at the end, I didn't catch it as much as I did the second watch. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I did exactly the same thing after I'd watched it the first time. But the second time, that's not what I thought. What I thought was his pauses. I think we see at least one more when he's written redesign on the board and he's just standing there. I'm seeing him zone out. And I don't know if that's part of leading up to what's going on. Also, in that scene, when he's walking into Haley's room, the lights are changing. We get, like, a little taste of those, the weird lights when they're showing, like, his uh, brain episode, whatever happened that, that took his yeah, life. Yeah, lens flare, it's called. Yeah, okay, yeah. We get that in this scene, too. And maybe, again, at the redesign. So I don't know if they weren't showing us that maybe he's just, like, losing some time. Or well, something. he's in the final day of his life here, so right. could could right. be. Um, you might even argue that I don't know what happens. Uh, no, I guess not. He does go talk to Joe after this, huh? Right. Yeah. So I was going to say you might even argue that he's already passed away, and this is part of it. But no, I guess he's just you know maybe faltering and slipping away a little bit. And this is the final day, so right. Right. right that goes right to the credits. Now, Michelle. Joe and Cameron have pretty obvious signs that their separation is imminent here. Uh, she's she's way too quick. She's always heading off away from him to her spot. Uh, that spot is not anything of all, of interest at all to Joe, except for he sits there and plots out this house, maybe. Uh, but I think Joe's putting Joe is making efforts to make their relationship go. He's trying too hard to make their relationship work. Like he almost pretends that he likes being there when I don't think he really does. See, I see that totally different. I see Joe really coming around and loving the area, maybe seeing what Cameron sees in it and deciding that living out there has its own unique beauty and everything. I didn't see it that way at all. He he had like this dreamy look on his face as he's sitting there looking. I even made a note. He's talking about the house and everything and and he wants a fireplace in every room including the bathroom and then he knows she's not listening cuz she's talking about something else. I do this a couple times which is really funny. I love that where she's having one conversation and he's having another one. We see that a couple different times in this episode. But She's not listening to him, and he starts talking about stripper poles and fire poles and silliness, and he's just got this smile. He understands her. He knows when she says, give me two seconds, it's not going to be two seconds. He understands, like, the loss of time. He even brings it up with Gordon later on, which I thought was interesting and telling about the loss of time. I think you and Cameron believe that, but y'all lose time or what? Anyway... I made a note how I'm just so in love with this joke. Well, you can I'm understand really... each other and have your relationships slip away. But Gordon and Donna understand it. each other better than any two people, other two people in the world. I, I, I don't know. I saw some clues here. The, the scene is, I think, Cameron brushes her teeth, so it's morning, the very first thing she does. Mm-hmm. It's in the morning. Mm-hmm. She's trying to show Joe her work, and he's sitting on the steps waiting to hike. And he's not really interested in looking at the screen, and she's not really interested in hiking. So, 
I saw some clues here. I mean, he talks about that stuff you mentioned, but then he also says, like, I think I feel like our hiking window is slipping away. And is that a premonition of their time slipping away? Like, because the counterpoint to this is Diane and Boz cementing their time in. They they realize they only have so much time and they take steps to make it their their focus is their relationship counterpoint to what Joe and Cameron are doing. Yeah. And absolutely. I mean, I completely get that. And you could be right. We also saw earlier to further your point where Joe tried to get Cameron to come look at his video that he had made of people on the internet and she didn't take the time to do that, but I still didn't see it that way. I still see it as that they, uh, Boz and Diana are older and they're at this retirement age. And, of course, Joe and Cameron are, like, peaking in their careers. They're in their, what, mid-30s or whatever, maybe 40. And they understand each other as far as this is what's important to you and I'm going to give you the space to to pursue that or whatever. But, I mean, you could certainly be right. Yeah, feeling like our hiking window is slipping away, just a throwaway line. No, no, but that's why he left, because he had something else he had to do or whatever, and I thought it was just, you know, a reason for him to leave. That's all. All right. Um, Donna and Gordon now, they're talking about Haley's hair, how it's not fashionable. It's only mid-Hamill, Michelle. Uh, Between Dorothy and Mark, that was funny. That yeah, was a these great guys line. are good writers, man. They're they have great dialogue with their characters. Uh, Gordon has the kids all week. Is kind of the setup for what's happening in this episode. Donna relates that she's hating her visits to AA, so she's an AA. Do we know that before this? No, we don't. I think it had something to do with the last scene of the last episode where she had the car incident. And no, I think- that had nothing to do with AA. Come on, Michelle. And I think that she that it's that it's it's mandated because she says she can't wait till this is over. So she also tells him she got kicked off of a rover. And then they start to talk about the rover comet stats, the traffic and visit times and page loads and all that, the hits per day. Gordon's really impressed, but Donna reveals the vulnerability. So now Michelle, this is where Okay, this is where we have our disappointment disagreement about genius and builders because i think this identifies donna as showing her some of her genius because here's this i had this is where she talked with trip maybe this was just me remembering it but donna tells gordon that this is the vulnerability of rover and this is an idea that she plants in gordon's mind that he's gonna share with joe and this creates the whole i think the the, the motivation for the final three scenes, this three episodes we're going to have, is that this is her idea, that this is a vulnerability. Everyone else thinks it's great that it's all these people come and go so quickly through Rover, but she thinks that's bad. She thinks there's an opportunity here for people that go slowly and stay with the site. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting concept, and 
and it definitely, you know, triggered something in, in Gordon and he saw the vision that she had. And yeah, I mean, I think it was smart. I definitely pictured her more in place of it being like this genius idea she had more of just like, you know, she was just musing that this would be better maybe if people stood around, but I felt like it gave Gordon the idea, her conversation, but you know, I didn't see her as being particularly because I mean, she didn't bring it up to trip or anything. No, she doesn't want trip to, she doesn't want to reveal it to trip. She, she sees a vulnerability that she doesn't, tell her co-worker trip she tells her essentially her competition gordon right i don't know I, and then you know there was uh, there was an article too that i read by uh what's her name Catherine van arendonk she works for new york magazine and she describes gordon's she describes this whole builder versus genius perfectly and i want to read it michelle it's like a couple sentences here sure so she says in new york magazine halt and catch fire gives gordon a gift at the end of his life gordon's tragedy and his happiness have always come out of the same fundamental issue he can see far into the horizon but never quite far enough he sees personal computing but can't imagine enough innovation to actually change the future. He sees the promise of something like mutiny, but it's Donna's project. He dreams up this program to help mutiny grow but cannot implement its far bigger potential. He even saw the Internet in the home and understood Joe's vision of the browser, but he's always been one click away from the top of the heap. The company being bought, not the company doing the buying. It's a tragic position, but it's also a relief. For a long time now, he's been the most stable. He's been the rock. So uh, that's kind of how I've always viewed Gordon, too, is he's been the rock. He kept the company going while Joe sat in the basement for three years dreaming up the dream. Um, but but that's, that's kind of a short summary of how I think of genius versus a builder. Gordon's a builder. Joe is a genius. Donna's kind of somewhat, in a small way, a genius for identifying this weakness in Rover and how it could be exploited into a whole new idea that will probably be what the show ends on yeah that's um i mean that's certainly interesting i view cameron and joe as the genius i view donna and and well gordon and to a lesser extent donna as as uh you know bordering on the fringe of genius or whatever so i'm I'm not sure but i mean i certainly respect the idea that you're talking about um so gordon shares this news with joe now and joe doesn't want anything to do with donna's advice he doesn't trust it uh they while they're talking they get an air conditioning report from katie and Gordon starts to work on the thermostat. What did you think of Gordon doing this technical mechanical work while he was talking to Joe throughout the rest of this scene? This episode? yeah, I mean it was it was the whole thing. We first find out when Cameron comes in and tells Joe about the the wedding that that they're working at home because the air's not working, and then it's like the air's overworking or something. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought it it. It was interesting to me how they kept going back to the same conversation Joe and Gordon did in different areas of Gordon fixing things. Gordon, and he he did. He did. Of course, that was the title of the show, Who Needs a Guy? But because I can do it myself, kind of. But I thought it was interesting how Gordon kept fixing things. There kept being problems, and Gordon was fixing them as he was talking to Joe about how to fix their problem. 
his so. his degree of fixing things kept amplifying up a level too. Like he fixed the thermostat, then he fixed the circuit breaker box, then he fixed he's up on the roof fixing the actual air conditioning unit. Right. I and mean, all along through this, I was waiting for him to get shocked and electrocuted. <laughs> right. I thought that would be his end. But I it was interesting that he was he was the fixer. He was the mechanical part of the equation of how things get done and Joe is the idea. Right. Guy. So I don't know, I just put a further stamp on this who's a genius and who's a builder to me for me that Gordon was the builder mechanical hands-on guy um so he tells joe a little bit about how this was donna's idea and he doesn't tell him that donna's been i don't think he tells him specifically that donna's off rover he just tells him that she's been moved around in the a geek management system he does not he doesn't tell him anything about donna and what's going on with donna he doesn't tell him about donna and the dui he doesn't tell him about donna losing rover and i like that he put the idea out there because the idea was important to their company and it was a good thing to talk about with joe but he did not betray anything with well, donna it's suspicious to joe because why would donna do this as the manager of rover and the and the Man, one of the managing directors of the investment company. Right. It's less suspicious if Gordon just says, look, Donna got taken off the project, so she told me what's going on. Then Joe would have probably been way less suspicious about it. The fact yeah, that he doesn't I... tell him about Donna being moved off the project makes Joe suspicious. I agree with that, but I still appreciate the fact that he didn't do it because he didn't betray any confidence. And the idea needs to stand on its own, not because of, you know, why or when or the way he got the idea shouldn't matter. And that's, he kind of said that, but it's just the fact that it's a good idea and it needs to stand on its own. If you have to, you know, quantify it with, with all of this Donna's not there anymore, and maybe she was. I mean, you know, no, it's a good idea. Hear me, and yeah, but Joe thinks Gordon's being like Donna's tricking Gordon, like she's trying to get us to go down this false path because she's our competition. It it is important, I think. It's important for the drama later when Donna and Joe talk, but it's but it's also important here that it makes Joe not trusting of Donna because it's like she's trying to lead them astray. Sure. And I think that's great. But I also think it's great that Joe took up with Gordon's idea without Gordon telling him that, without him having to do that. Gordon never knew he went to Donna's house. So I liked that because Gordon sold the idea, at least as far as he knew, completely to Joe without betraying any of the confidences that he had had with Donna. Well, he got Joe interested in it enough to go see Donna for sure, which Joe would have never done if he didn't put any weight into the idea. So Joe likes the idea, just he's suspicious about its source. Right. So Donna brings a wedding gift over to Boz and Diane. Um, she get he she gets a vote of support from Diane who's retiring that she will recommend her for essentially for her job. Yep. Uh Boz and Diane describe kind of more humor here, describe their wedding, the reason for their weddings for taxes and Right. Um, this Michelle, this is the first time that Boz has seen Donna since his attack in the restaurant. Right. Yeah, I think so too. Because they talk about didn't going where where they're going or what they're doing and 
don't go to that restaurant again. Right. <laughs> so it, makes, right. it reminds us of that. Right. So um, I think this is a big, big deal. This this support Donna supporting Don, Diane supporting Donna. Um, also, Donna declines alcohol to celebrate at this little brief meeting. Right. And I thought she wasn't drinking. But then I think they show her drinking wine again when she's playing they the absolutely camps absolutely show her doing that. So what's up with that? Don't know. All right. Now Cameron's um, angel investor, I think her name's Alexa. They call her Lex uh-huh. or Alexa. Right. Comes and visits Cameron in her brain, in her trailer. I call it her brain. Uh, she should, uh, Donna, or yeah, Donna tries to show the game, and Alexa's not even interested in looking. Kind of Joe-like in this, like doesn't even want to look at the screen. Yeah, she's not impressed. It's Cameron, by the way, not Donna. But but yeah, she's she's not impre- that overly impressed. Cameron's like super excited over what she's done, and Alexa's like, yeah, let's go for a walk. I think you need to think bigger, which was not something Cameron's used to hearing. I don't yeah, think. she goes on the hike with Alexa that she wouldn't go on with Joe. Yeah. She does. So next scene, Gordon and Joe. Gordon has moved up one electrical level. Now he's at the breaker box level. Um, and Joe further describes how he doesn't trust Donna. And Gordon starts talking about Haley, how Haley chopped her hair off like a boy. <laughs> and yeah. Joe steps up and says, give Haley support. Don't let her feel isolated at this point in her life. Um, Gordon knows what's going on now. I think Joe's just just super emphasizing like she's going through this uh reveal of herself don't let her feel isolated um and joe is essentially helping get Haley back into comet after gordon suggested i I love that scene that's it's coming up but i love that scene of gordon asking joe for help and joe stepping up and getting Haley Haley back right i did too and and if you'll remember last week, uh, Joe and Cameron were talking about having a baby and Cameron made some comment about if you could, you know, give birth to a 14 year old. And now maybe Joe's can step into that father role with the 15 year old because we see how close they are and everything. So I thought that was a little tease up to this. Of course we didn't know. And, I, I agree. I just love the whole scene. I loved how Gordon apologized essentially to Joe and said he shouldn't have barked at him because he shouldn't have. He really was mean to Joe about that. And I, I also like how Gordon or how Joe got over it. And that's not like this. He's not moody or, or vindictive over the way Gordon treated him in the last episode. But Gordon still apologized for him and said, it's just hard to hear something about your kid that you didn't know. And so I thought it was a really good scene. Yeah, this call is important. And I, this is something else I caught kind of on the second watch that Haley gets the call. It's Joe calling. She gets the, she's on to the fact right away that Joe's standing there right in front of Gordon and he's the mouthpiece right. for what Gordon's trying to say. Right. And um, I thought on the second watch, this was extremely thoughtful, almost slash religious telephone call, Michelle. Joe's speaking for Gordon because Gordon can't talk to Haley directly and Joe's also listening for Gordon Haley says something like did my dad hear that and he's the he's the intermediary for Gordon 
And he, now, he, now he has to be because Gordon's not there anymore. Joe's going to be the intermediary for what Haley needs for a father figure. This is a very symbolic call, I think, and Joe's playing that role while Gordon's still alive because that's what he's going to be doing from now on for Haley. He's the uncle dad for Haley. Um, Haley says, tell him I'll see him tonight, but she never will. So it's pretty telling, I think, that this is a, this is a practice preview of Joe's relationship now with Haley. I agree. And I also thought it was interesting how, you know, Gordon asked Joe, did she say it nicely or angrily? Like, I'll see you tonight. I mean, Gordon was really stressed out about this. Haley's got him, you know, in a situation that he's never been put in. Joni's rebellion and whatever has been very much more stereotypical you know, 15, 17-year-old daughter rebellion than whatever Haley's going through that he now realizes is a much bigger thing. Well, Gordon so. will never be able to implement the advice that Joe gave him, don't let Haley feel isolated. So Joe will have to step up and do it. Joe, Joe's a very important part of Haley's life now because of Gordon's passing. I mean, that's another good part of the story with Gordon moving on is that yeah. Joe has to step up and be, and develop that part of him for Haley. Yeah, we could have. They could have done it differently, though. But do, does does Haley know? Do you think that Joe is bisexual? Because I don't think they've ever, you know, made that overt. Or do you think it's just some feeling she's gotten from the acceptance of Joe? I don't think she knows. Okay, I just didn't know. Unless I missed something, I don't. I never caught anything that they made that. Explicit that he that he revealed that to her, or she saw something in him. Right, I, yeah. <clears throat> you know, he's still she's still the child. He's the adult, so he's got more perceptive power on that kind of stuff. He's got the experience, probably several times over, that she doesn't have yet. This is her first time. But isn't it interesting though that she chose him, and, and Gordon even brings it up to take to the restaurant. You know, out of everybody to kind of introduce him to this girl. And the, I guess, you know, since I don't remember her knowing about Joe either, it's just the whole intuitive part of that. I, I, I love it. It might be that Joe's just the best friend that she has. She's not, not tapping into like, oh, here's the best bi friend that I have. She's just, he's the best friend, period, that she has. Remember yeah, when they hired Haley? <clears throat> excuse me. When they hired Haley, he was like very. He started connecting and bonding with her immediately when the post-its and the start of comment with the well, yeah. search terms. Yeah, he he treated her like an adult from the get-go, and so I think that's always a good thing to a teenager when they're you know not quite there. All right, back to Cameron and Lex. She's showing her about the bots. She's Cameron's created bots with distinctive personalities who essentially uh, uh, alternate reality. Like they, they create choices depending on different circumstances. And uh, Alexa's not impressed by this at all, Michelle. Just thinks and says that Cameron isn't thinking big enough. She should be thinking more about like interstellar space travel software for that software for medical like inside bloodstreams and thinking of artificial intelligence that way and um she asks her about donna and what happened and cameron just says well we had a different vision and kind of leaves it vague 
Yeah, but Alexa asked her, did she push you out of your comfort zone? Which is what Alexa's doing. So that was interesting. So what do you think about that? You, you the b- defender of those who want to stay in their comfort zone. No, 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 no. I don't think Cameron wants to stay in her comfort zone. I think there's a big difference in somebody who actually wants to do something one way and somebody who needs a push to move it forward. But that's everybody. Everybody wants a comfort zone and stay in it. And, and I mean, this is Cecil. Everybody's better off for getting pushed beyond their comfort zone and rising is, up and realizing potential. Yeah, you know, we're, we're just going to have to agree to disagree about that because some people, that is not their vision. Some people are very happy to go to work and work their nine to five and come home and enjoy the time that they're at home and they don't want to do anything else. And that's what they're happy with. I think Cameron's not that person, but because Cameron's this inventor and this genius and, and she loves, I mean, she said herself, I wanted to see if I could do it. That's Cameron. But I don't think that's everybody. Would you agree that some people don't know what would make them happy and think that their comfort zone is a happy place, but until they, because they'll never realize the pressure and the motivation to move on and beyond it that they'll never realize that there's maybe another level of happiness that they don't understand? Absolutely. I agree that that could be, you know, with, with people. I agree that there probably are people like that. But would you agree that some people may not be like that? That's not what they want well my my point is all people are like the way you're describing it they're happy in a comfort area that is safe and warm and secure all people are like that i don't think so i think so many people i mean i know a lot of people who are really driven and they're never happy with where they are they're always looking forward to other things but then i also know people who really just love to go to work. They love their work and they love to come home. They love their home and they love their kids just as they are. And I don't know that. Well, yeah, you got, you got the bus drivers of the world and the cashier. I mean, you got people like that for sure. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't so readily describe them as happy though. I would describe them as satisfied, which I don't see the same as happy. Um, anyway, it's, it's just a difference of how we look at it. Yeah. Uh, I think people are very happily surprised when they're pushed and they get results that they didn't expect. Like it's, it's a, it's a new, it's almost like the, it's almost like Pilgrim, right? They're crashing through a, climbing up a series of steps or crashing through a new Canyon and seeing something in a new world that they never expected. I look at it that way. Sure. For people who desire that, I think that's wonderful. I just don't think everybody desires that. So, so Alex, Alexa, Lex, whatever, Lex Vaughn, Alexa Vaughn is her name, tries to get Donna to, tries to, why do I keep calling her Donna? Tries to get Cameron to see this. And um, next we go back to Donna and Pilgrim. She's playing the game with her wine now. Clearly, glass of wine. It's in the glass. It's not clear. It's not water. It's wine. So she's drinking again while she's playing this game. And Pilgrim does make another new move. It gets to a different level. The person, I guess it's the Cameron. Cam, Cam, is it Cameron, the Pilgrim? 
it's a female <laughs> it's a female mm-hmm. icon right right i think so yeah, yeah. Car, walking around gets to a cabin and it hugs a child so what do you think of that michelle yeah well she finishes the game donna wins the game because the the you know the credits roll the game's over so that was interesting i don't know I'm not, I'm not sure. Did you have any thoughts? Your on? people, again, more Reddit stuff that I read. People are dreading the fact that Cameron's going to get pregnant and have a child. That that is not her. That is not her personality. That she's she's 32 now. We know she's 32. She started when she was 22 in this show. So she's aged 10 years. And she's, like, mm-hmm. resisted having kids. Um, I, think she's, I think she's a good little auntie for Haley and maybe Joni. But I don't think she's a mom, and I, I think that's a too big of a pill to swallow for these last three episodes. For her to get pregnant, the the scene pans away into the sunset, and she and Joe are living in a house in Bonnie Dune. I, I don't think I want that to happen. And see, I would love it. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's another. Difference that we have, but um, anyway, so but she Donna's does. brought to tears in this. Did you notice? I mean, she's literally brought to tears. She tears up at the end of this. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm not sure what they're trying to. I think they're leading us somewhere with Cameron and Donna. I All think right. last episode, you know, helped with that, where Cameron was, you know, uh, being kind to Donna for the first time, asking if she's okay, and you know, showing some caring toward Donna. So I kind of wonder where they're leading us with that. Do you like Donna any more than you did in the last few episodes? Yes. I like her a whole lot more. I still see signs of that smug, kind of smart ass Donna that I don't like a lot, but I definitely like her more. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right, Gordon ups at another electrical level. He's on the roof now with the AC unit itself. Um, electrocution is like imminent here, right, Michelle? He's going to reach in and slap that thing, and <laughs> zzz, that's it. He's fried. You'd think he'd at least have the electricity turned off to it, right? Well, he probably I mean, did. No, he didn't because he, you know, he just turns it on right there once he gets it done. You, he didn't go flip a switch at a fuse box or anything. Well, maybe he, maybe there's some sort of a breaker on the outside of the AC unit. I don't know. Yeah. But no, he doesn't. Right. Nothing, nothing bad happens to him. Uh, he and Joe talk about the website, the user and the content, how to add entertainment along with search, just how to make it kind of into more of a user experience than just a search engine. And um, back inside the office, Joe gets a call from Cameron, and dinner is off, Michelle. So another little hint that their plan is... Again, kind of diverted into other things by Cameron. Right. Um, that it's a that's a meeting she has to take about human computer interaction with a dude from Stanford. Uh, Joe's very diplomatic. Just says, "All right, we'll talk tonight." And um, Gordon's sad, wondrous music kind of starts here. Um, it's it's the theme of something later coming with Gordon's visions of the. You know, is reliving his life, but the, that music starts to trickle on here. Okay, that's a good catch. I didn't notice that. I thought it was interesting where he said, "We can deliver them to other sites, but they'll always come back." Yeah, 
that was I, for some reason that that one little little line really stuck with me because it seems like that's kind of what's happened over and over with them. They go out, they branch out to other places, but like a yo-yo, they always like come back and congregate in this. So I don't know. So there's a, there's hints in this episode about like we'll talk later, we'll talk tonight. Tell tell dad I'll see him later. You know, we don't always get these later's in life. So Joe Joe says it here. We'll talk tonight. Don't worry. We'll talk tonight to Cameron. But we never know if you're going to be able to talk to somebody later after you. Well, hang absolutely. Up. And and we just saw this with. Uh, Donna and Gordon, where Donna or not Donna, Diane and Gordon. Okay, start over with Diane and Boz because they, Diane says, I want to, you know, stop working so much because I realized we did, we, we might not have that much time together. You know, death knocked essentially, and, and we don't know how much time we're going to have and we want to spend it together. It's definitely then, a thread, a, a theme in this episode. It, sure. it happens now. Gordon and Joe talk. They they look at the whiteboard and they change rebuild to relaunch. Uh, Gordon says, all right, I got to go. I'm meeting Katie for dinner. Maybe we can get into this tomorrow. Again, it's right. a hint of something that will never be fulfilled. Another lost conversation. Right. Uh, Joe goes over to Donna's to question her reveal of the rover market research. Why? Why are you doing this? What is the meaning of this? <laughs> uh, and Donna just says, I'm not your competition anymore. Um, I, I thought Joe's wariness of Donna Michelle was, was a huge compliment to her. It's, it's, it, she's tricky enough. She's smart enough to fool us and to hurt us. So I need to figure out what's going on. I think that's a huge compliment to Donna's intelligence by Joe. Yeah, that's a good point. It's also, uh, he, he brings up. I understand that it's painful to be looked at like something you're not. And I think we see that like with Haley too. I think he's really, Joe is like the wisdom dude in this episode. Do you think this all pivoted too quickly? Like, like it's all too good to be true. Why are you telling us this? She slams his hand and then it's all ice and forgiveness. Joe and Donna are now friends and, peers and seers of the same thing and do you think it all happened too quickly and too too tight of a 15 minute window oh or whatever one hour window right right i you know i I bought it i didn't think about it so i suppose not to me they did used to have a relationship and i was glad everything was brought out right joe said you tried to get me kicked off the browser project and you did something else and he's like those are just the crimes in the state of california can we go back to texas you know i liked that i liked that they aired out this stinky room right let's get this stuff on the table and deal with it I guess it's the televisionized version of real life that in real life this might take three weeks or two months or whatever, but in TV it has to happen quickly. Well, sure. Sure, that would be tedious if we had to, like, watch every little moment of it. But, yeah, I I bought it. So next scene is Gordon's final vision, his his flashback of his life, essentially. It's Donna as a mom in several times of her life. Uh, Donna has his wife, actually, in several times 
different times in his life. She comes home early from work and she's reviewing her spreadsheets from what company did she work for? Some HP maybe or something, some tech company before Mutiny. Before, yeah. And uh, uh, what was it? Doesn't matter. But she's sitting on the couch reviewing her spreadsheets till the kids call out. And but uh, but this this interesting final vision of Gordon was made important by me that it didn't include anything about the symphonic or about Comet or about the giant. It was all about the people. The people were what were meant most to him. The people in his home and the girls with Donna and breakfast and baby Haley getting that song. They showed the vision of that song that that person on Reddit pointed out for us last week. Oh, I know. I noticed that. And, okay, when she first walked in, did you buy it? Yeah. Donna came over for some reason. Right, right. She's done that before. She's walked in before. Sure, walk in, go and get a glass of wine and, you know, whatever. I completely bought it. I thought Donna has got done with Joe, right? And so she went over there to tell him what happened or whatever. I completely bought it. And, um, but the, the, what did you call it? The flash? Lens flare. Lens flare started happening and he's walking toward her and it's getting, you know, worse, worse. And he's falling and he's kind of, he's like, Hey, what are you doing here? And I, I was so moved. I was so moved by, and it was beautiful what they showed as his, um, essentially, I, I guess his life flashing before his eyes. Right. And, and the things that had meaning. Yeah. Gordon's death is nothing if not heavenly here. It's very very positive. I mean, Gordon had the perfect life, if you ask me. The, some people say, oh, he died when he was the happiest. But you know what, Michelle? If every day of your life is happier than the one before it, you're going to die at your happiest. So that's a good thing. To When you die when you're happiest is a good thing. And Gordon had a good life. He's happy. His kids are connected to him. His ex is connected to him. He has a relationship. He's got successful business. People call him a friend. I, I think he's. I think it's. He, he's had a heavenly life, and re, his reveal of his death is somewhat heavenly. It's happy. It's it's a it's a positive thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think you could argue with with anything that you said. I still, when I was talking to that, I teared up. I. They could have showed Gordon decline. I just don't, I, I, I don't want my emotions pulled. I, number one, I don't want my emotions pulled like that in this TV show. I didn't essentially sign up for that, and it makes me mad. And number two, I do think they're going to, um, you know, maybe make it about that. Did you tear end. up when Boz and Diane got married? No. Right. I didn't. Pretty cold, yeah. Pretty freaking cold. <laughs> All right. So then, the steps of the reveal, Michelle. The first and only two people we really hear speak the words are Donna and Joe. The rest are just implications, which is really cool. I thought that the two, the two most important people to Gordon, even above Katie, are Donna and Joe. Katie is a new intro to his life, but she's not as important, I think, as Donna or Joe. So we hear those two actually speak the words, Donna to Joe, Gordon, Gordon's dead. Rob. The rest are just reveals and hints about what happened. 
Um, so they show what happened. K- Katie finds him. Uh, Donna calls Gordon and Katie picks up the phone. And uh, just super exquisitely sad and profound and subtly communicated to us. Just great writing. I, I love the scene. Uh, Donna tells Joe. Jill tells Cameron. Diane tells Boz. Donna's home and tells the kids when they come home. Just all through, like, almost zero words. Zero words related to, like, dad's died or whatever. It's all it's all side implication. Right. But you know what, Michelle? They'll all be all right because I think they'll realize that Gordon meant a lot to them and ha- had what he needed to, to be to be happy. So, I don't know. There's some next-ons that maybe betray the opposite when... Joni's complaining about some stuff, but I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I don't like it. If you haven't gathered that so all far. Right. Cameron visits Joe at Comet. The whiteboard and Joe, Joe's just sitting there watching relaunch over rebuild, which I right. kind of think means marketing over technology. The relaunch is doesn't matter how we rebuild it. The fact that we're relaunching it is the important part. So it's what we say about it versus what's actually inside it. Um, so I don't know, kind of madman esque here that it's how we communicate the personal aspect of it versus what's really inside it. Like what's the technology that makes it work is less important than what it actually does and how it brings people together. Sure. Sure. I don't know. And how it makes people feel, which what is what we've seen Joe kind of trying to work on. Although I don't know that he, that's what he meant, but the whole time. So, I don't know, I guess I took this this episode as, like, one of those times the mystery... Life is pretty freaking mysterious, if you think about it. And and this is one of those times where the mystery of life kind of reveals itself. Because it kind of normally, in everyday normal life, it hides in the background. It just wanes, and we go through life, and we do our daily crap. But sometimes it's a tsunami. <laughs> and the mystery just overwhelms us and overwashes over us and we're drowning in it almost. And this is one of those times. Like, what? why did this guy have to frickin' die? What does this mean now? And it, it makes you question, did I say enough? Did I tell the person that I was going to tell them later? Should I tell them now? It brings all this stuff and reveals it to the surface. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that's the value of Gordon's having to leave at this point that it's, it enhances all that other stuff for these other people. Well, and also if you'll notice, Cameron didn't go to her dinner meeting. She came to Joe, which of course she would, but that could be telling too. What do you think that meant? I mean, they could have even had it where, you know, she didn't find out about it till after the dinner meeting, but she came to her important, you know, she realized the importance. She came to her important person in place of. Yeah, but that trumps everything. What what would possibly ma- let her know about this and not come to the group after that? After no, knowing? no, I'm, I know. I'm just saying that she could have found out after the dinner meeting or whatever, but. I don't know. They, they, they showed her blowing off the dinner meeting for what's important and of course anybody would, you're right, but they didn't show it in that order where she could have already had the meeting. I don't know. I just thought it could could be 
foretelling of something. Yeah, but the importance of the dinner meeting was related to Joe and his dinner with her. That became less important than her dinner meeting with the artificial intelligence. I, I think that had more to do with her and Joe than than her and Joe in this context of like, I'll drop everything to come to you because we have this huge crisis now. Anyway, that was the end of it. Um, did you watch the next sounds, Michelle? No, I didn't. <laughs> All right, so spoiler alert. Do you want to hear about them? I do. They they show Donna, or they show, now I call Cameron Donna. or That's what I've always been doing. But they show Cameron and Joe showing up at Donna's with the packing material, like cardboard and tape, to help clean out the house. Uh, pretty sad looking scene and they talk about the service a little bit and Donna compliments Joe on his comments at, at the service and asks him for a copy of what he said oh okay uh, then in another one there's, a, there's two previews Joni is complaining about their damaged family and she shouts out let them see what a mess we've been when they're all kind of at they're either at the Clark house or at Donna's for some meal probably the day of the funeral or something but Joni is stressed and saying, let them see what a mess we've all been. I'm just sad. I'm sad about the whole thing. Next episode, 408, is Goodwill. Do you think that means Gordon Stuff's all going to Goodwill? <laughs> that is not what I thought it meant, but uh, it's a good, good take. Well, they're though. packing it up. They're putting it in cardboard boxes. Well, you're right, and I did. I told you I didn't see anything, but I did see something because I remember Joe saying something to the effect of we accidentally got pa- rid of something. We need something. to get it back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could be it could be the double entendre that it always is like goodwill between right. the characters, but I, I bet they shipped something to goodwill that shouldn't have gone there. Interesting. The secret code to Comet. Or something. Right, right. It'll be something, I bet. The description is, AMC's description is, Cameron helps Donna pack up, Boz makes his famous chili, Joe helps Haley recover a memorial, a mem- memorable keepsake. That's probably what we're talking about here. Right, right. Uh, what could that have been? I don't know. Her hair? Oh, no, I hope not. I don't know. Blair Witch style? <laughs> and Gordon and Donna fight. So I think we're going to see some more Gordon. Uh, I'm Michelle. Okay. Hang in there. That was it for 407. Who needs a guy? Who needs this guy? Gordon's just a character. Some get bashed with an air conditioner. We were fine. Yeah. I, I, I really hope they don't take the last three episodes and just kind of go down that road of like you were saying, turning it into the Gordon Memorial. If they do, I'm going to be so disappointed in this whole series. I don't think they will because they have too much else to do. Okay. We'll see. But that was my first inclination. I mean, you know, you said you'd read it on Reddit or something, and that was also my first inclination that that's what they were going to do and how they were going to lead us off the end. And, of course, if you say anything negative about that, then you're just being horrible. Because, you know, of course, we had to remember Gordon. And I, I don't like that. So No, Gordon's position is, like I said, it's to highlight the other things that the living, like, like all things we learn when people pass away, are for the living. Like, what do we do with this new knowledge that this person who departed passed on to us or made right. us realize it, it lit this fire inside of me to use for the rest of my life that 
hopefully will be beneficial. Right. That's what I see Gordon's passing three episodes early. All right, Michelle. Well, that's it for Who Needs a Guy? 408's next week. I'll talk to you then. In the meantime, how do people reach you? Um, I'm on Twitter at Michelle from TN. And I'm at Skating Tweet. So till goodwill. Till then. Bye. Bye bye.